Live from the swamps of Miami, we are back in the armpit of Miami-Dade County. I am Captain Brunch. I'm your host, Chimp. This is Saturday Night Lit. And we're very happy to have you with us, as we are every Saturday night, that we are lit with you, and you are lit with us. Like I say, I feel half dead. <laughs> you do? Why? What happened? I'm just tired, but... Uh, but he's drinking some energy drink. He's got some uh, liquid oh, cocaine. Shoot. It's like sparkling on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's sparkling all over him. He looks so shiny and... Uh, not all that glitters is gold. I'm taking a risk with something I randomly bought, but hey, it's not bad. It's like candy. That's nice. You know, candy's uh, not the worst thing to have during a show. So, you know, I was uh, late for the pre-show. <laughs> I went to the uh, Broward County Bitcoiners meetup, which is all the way in Davie at a restaurant called Wonder Bar. Yeah. How'd that go? It was good. It was a, it was a nice little uh, get together. Um, you know, see my Bitcoin peeps from Broward County. I don't usually get to see at the other meetups because I mean that's so far west like so far it takes me half an hour of driving west to get there <laughs> wait Davey Davey's not west though Davey's east no Davey goes west da- da- yes it does yeah, they, have, they have like west Davey where they got horse ranches and stuff oh yeah yeah it is far yeah. and it's like this bar is right across this it's like a sports bar or restaurant it's right across the street from a from a horse ranch. <laughs> and I'm I'm closer to the beach side. Like me and Chimp are, you know, we're, th- we're within like a mile of the beach if you drew a straight line. Not that you could necessarily, well, by you, you could pretty much go straight to the beach because you got 120, 120. Yeah, this is Southwest Ranchers. Yeah, that's a nice area. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, they have, so it's at a restaurant. It's a German restaurant. And uh I think I don't remember who sponsors it. Oh, Bit Refill. Bit Refill sponsors that one, so they buy some appetizers for us. I usually get an entree also, and uh, you know, it's a nice little get together. I one of the cool things about me having gone to this, and one of the important reasons why I went. Karaoke. Is, no, <laughs> the karaoke starts at seven, so I gotta uh, leave and come to this, right? Um, which is okay with me. I mean, I'd probably stay. In, I was gonna do another one bites of the dust, but we're not gonna talk about. We're not going to get into that until a little bit later in the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. It seems the perfect song, the the perfect song to do on this week. Um, no, so uh, the, the the people who organize that one, it's mainly this guy Carl, and then the guy who organizes the Miami Bitcoiners meetup, Shay. They were both at this meetup, which is great because I wanted to see them face to face and be like, "Are you guys committed to the Bitcoin vortex?" And they are. So that's great. So in the near future, I'm supposed to get Mars from uh, the Bitcoin brunch to help me like put together a design for the website. And we're going to make this the Bitcoin Vortex website. We're going to include all the events that are already included. And then the idea is that as we build up towards that first week in February, we'll have some other events to go with it. And it should be a nice little, you know, a nice little weekend for people who want to do a bunch of Bitcoin stuff. Nice. What? Um, what's what, what's the tentative like first date like, like yeah March? so well it's, no so it's February third fourth fifth and sixth it might be February second depends because Black Bitcoin Miami wants to do some kind of an educational event so they might do that on the Thursday yeah why not it doesn't matter yeah 
There's no reason why not. So if they want to do it, they can do it, and they can be a part of the Bitcoin Vortex. The idea is just to highlight uh, the local Bitcoin community and then to to kind of encourage them to, you know, let's let's do something a little special for that one weekend. You know, if you got someone you've been thinking about inviting or some sort of special feature that you've wanted to do at your meetup, then go ahead. That's the weekend to do it. Right, right. To take the you know to take your regular meetup and take it to the next level. I mean, the Miami Bitcoiners they already have panels, so that's cool. Uh, the Broward Bitcoiners they just kind of sit sit around at this restaurant, so you know they could maybe have like a little presentation or something like brunch. <laughs> yeah, like brunch. So also you know like for theoretically for brunch maybe that weekend I'll do a lightning market. Um, I might have some sort of presentation. Maybe someone come and show some stuff off. That you know just again to make that one weekend a little bit more special than the regular weekend. So I got a question for you. What do you mean we were live all weekend or all week? Like what 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 was that about? Yeah. So um, when you go lit, when you kind of send out the um, the the message that this podcast is now live, it's it's done through something called Podping, and then usually you turn it off once you know um, once the show is done, so that way every podcast app knows, hey, this is no longer live. I know I did that, and it didn't go away. Then I tried it again the next day, and it still didn't go away. So either it was Podverse being wacky, or we were live all week, regardless. And then if we were live all week, what does that mean? It would have just been playing your live stream all week. I mean, my live stream is always paying all, playing all week, but yes, yeah, what I'm saying. But it would like so if someone would have gone exactly. to our podcast on on Podverse or or CurioCaster. Exactly. It would just go straight to the, to the live stream. But it appears as a different like episode. So if you wanted to listen to like an, a previous episode, you could still do that. Yeah. It's not limiting. It's just it's just like having, you know, it's like when businesses leave their open signs on and all the lights are on, but it's three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, usually, usually mattress rest, <laughs> mattress stores. Every store does that. <laughs> not every store, but a, a lot of mattress stores I've, do it. I've, I've gotten yelled at for that. Like we've locked up and then they're like, oh, but it says open. So I looked at the guy, I went to the sign, and I turned it off, and I walked away. Like, what's it say now, <laughs> motherfucker? Exactly. Fuck <laughs> uh, uh, you, I'm going home. Yeah, so it's it's been a crazy week, but um, it's kind of interesting is that this weekend, there's the Pacific Bitcoin Conference going on in California. Cool. My friend Michael's over there, and uh, he sent me a bunch of pictures from some kind of an event that was happening today maybe it was the conference or maybe i don't know what it was but he took pictures with like all these bitcoin celebrities and he was like sending them to me like look at all these people i'm getting to meet and that was cool it was funny he sent me this one picture he took with with uh michael sailor and and then in the background of this picture i could see this guy steven lubka and he's like an interesting Bitcoin person that I, I know from Twitter. And he came to the Miami Bitcoin meetup one time, the Bitcoiners. So I was like, you know, you should you should talk to that guy in the background of your picture. So then he then like, you know, 10 minutes later, he sent me a picture with Steven and he's like, <laughs> OK, I'm like, well, that's cool. I, I, that's like the magic of the Internet. It's like he's collecting for his photo album. Oh, for sure. But, you know, I mean, Michael likes to do that kind of stuff. He likes to meet famous and influential people. Good for him. Why not? If you're into that, right? I'm not, I'm not. I don't. I don't care so much. Like, if I was going to meet someone who was famous and influential, I hope I would be meeting them uh, to actually talk to them and get to know them, and not just for the sake of meeting them. Because to me, that's completely uninteresting. I don't. I don't care about just. Oh, you know, to, to take a picture with Michael Saylor. Like, I don't give two shits. Like, unless it's David Bowie. 
Even with David Bowie, I don't care. Like, I don't need you wouldn't a want to take a picture of David Bowie. Okay, so if they exhumed his corpse and they like they were doing like a tour where they were taking the body of David Bowie around the planet, and like you could go to the showing and take a picture, like get your selfie, like you know, go right up next to the to David Bowie's corpse and take your picture. Like, nah, I wouldn't do it. Nor if he was alive. I mean, okay, I'm not gonna. If David Bowie said to me, "Hey, Captain Brunch." Like, you want to be in a picture with me? I'm not going to say, no, Bowie, I'm not into that. I mean, obviously, I'm going to take the picture with him. But I'm not going to go out of my way to ever ask anybody to take a picture with me. Is that true? Maybe I'm lying to myself right now. You're definitely (laughs) lying to yourself. I've seen giddy Captain Brunch. You'd be giddy. There's nothing wrong with being giddy, but I I, I think I still have self-control, regardless of the fact that I get giddy sometimes. The power of Bowie knows no limits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bowie, it's funny because he was featured... Um, Adam Curry put that interesting quote that he did about the internet and it's like, he said, uh, you know, we asked if there's life on Mars and it just landed. He was talking about the internet. It's like, it's its own being back in 1999 saying that, you know, we'd barely touched the surface and it was going to change everything. And it was going to change the way we saw things and the way we interacted with things and how, how true that is. How true that is. Uh, Besides the Pacific Bitcoin Conference, there's also the Latin American Bitcoin Conference happening in Argentina. La, 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 la. Yeah, La Bitcoin Bitcoin Conference. Um, And that one, I think, was kind of interesting because I saw that Vitalik Buterin was there. And he was on not only a panel with several Bitcoiners. I saw some interesting videos come out about that. But he also did like a panel on his own about, I guess, Ethereum. Whatever. And then in the near future, you got adopting Bitcoin happening in El Salvador. Uh, there's some people from Miami that are going to be going to that. Actually, um, the Bit Miami people, Maru and Daniel, are they're participating or they're organizing. I don't know the extent to which they're organizing it, but a a job fair or a career fair in El Salvador to coincide with that conference. So they're they're teaming up with some sort of school, and the idea is to try to bring as many opportunities for the locals as possible so like you know okay your country adopted bitcoin now let's give you some like bitcoin jobs and tech jobs and opportunities that you know your country doesn't maybe normally have because you know that's cool i mean do they have a lot of coders in el salvador well they're getting more and more all the time i mean and there are specific efforts that have grown just in the last year to try to educate people specifically on how to program and develop with bitcoin I talked like, you know, when I talked um, on that panel for Bitcoin Freedom Day, one of the participants on the panel, uh, God, I wish I could remember her name right now. I will find it. Um, But she, you know, that was her job. She was actually participating in a program that was training programmers in El Salvador to learn about the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, So that's cool. So there are that is something that's happening. And it's not necessarily the government that's doing it. This is something that's like, you know, mostly grassroots and all kinds of different people. It was Marina Spindler. Uh, Marina Spindler. So she's she's on the board of uh, ACJR Network and whatever. She's, she, I can't remember the name of the specific program, but that's cool. So they're all private efforts, basically. Yeah, for the most part, because uh, I think that's been one of the big criticisms and legitimately so about the effort in El Salvador is that they just kind of passed the law, but there, there wasn't really an infrastructure set up. Yeah, there wasn't an idea of, okay, how are we actually going to like implement this culturally? How are we going to establish this in the mindset? Like, no, how are we going to win over the hearts and minds of the population? That that wasn't a part of the equation. It was just like, now nah, we're going to pass this law. And, Deal with it. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and so that, it makes sense then that there's all of these, uh, you know, all these criticisms about the way it's been implemented. And specifically, 
criticisms about the Chivo wallet, the centralization, the fact that, um, you know, like you send your Bitcoin into the Chivo wallet, but then it's kind of like a black hole and it's just an account. You know, like once, you, once you're using the Chivo wallet, you just have an account with Chivo. And they don't necessarily have the dollars or the Bitcoin that your wallet says you have. It's just, it's just an account. Eh, you know. Uh, so that's... Feels like a central exchange. Yeah, so it's, it's mostly just going to be grassroots stuff that's going to actually educate the people of El Salvador about Bitcoin. That's unfortunate, but at the same time, um, there's something about it that makes sense too because since I'm not really for the mandate, like the idea of mandating people use Bitcoin... Then it, and I'm glad then that that the onus is on the grassroots community because that allows the grassroots community to define the conversation rather than the government. Because I would kind of be concerned if the government got to define the discussion about Bitcoin for like the six million people or however many millions of people who live in El Salvador. I would much prefer if if the discussion was kind of more chaotic and anarchistic and and organic that the people of El Salvador could. Dis- decide what about Bitcoin was important or interesting to them. But you don't think Bukele is like kind of working behind the scenes, not officially as a government official, but because I mean, like he seems pretty active. Oh, I, the guy must be doing so many different things that yeah. we don't know about. And that's, you know, that's, I can't concern myself with that because there's nothing for me to do about it. But I, I, I just hope it, that those other schemes don't adversely affect the, the Salvadoran people. That's really my kind of my concern. I hope it's for the best. Working in the shadows. Well, I mean, I tend to assume he's probably working with like the the mafiosos or the narco traffickers or something like that's. I just always assumed that. That seemed to make the most sense to me. That like drug dealers have been trading in Bitcoin and crypto for years. So, and if this is a country that you know supposedly heavily influenced and controlled by the narco traffickers, then they probably have a bunch of Bitcoin. Uh, this just seemed to, to me it was like putting two and two together. Speaking of the shadows, let's go ahead and bring in our guest for the evening. Let's do it. We got our one of our favorite guests. We got Panda Man on the line. Panda Man, Panda Man, can you hear me? Uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, we can hear you. Hello? Hi. What's going on? Okay, cool. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Not much, man. Not much. What's up? How can you say that not much is up? <laughs> you guys, you guys been in, well, there's a lot up this week. <laughs> um, it's been crazy. Why don't you I tell mean, us? Tell tell us about what is all the up that's been upping. It's what really is down, though? Somebody's upping. I, I mean, for me, Sunday after the weekly close, I, I thought we were like, start, still do. I still believe we're in crypto spring, uh, but FTX got monkey hammered. <laughs> um, you mean chimp hammered? <laughs> chimp hammered, yes. Uh, <laughs> That's a new meme right there. <laughs> chimp hammered, yeah, but yeah, chimp. I should start that one. <laughs> but uh, their FTT token was, you know, it was just. They had no money. They were using, they created their own currency, their own token, and borrowed and lended and, you know, spread it around the world. And and then also with Sam Bankman-Fried pushing for a federal bit license, CZ just saw the opportunity and, you know, it was, I forget what movie, but, you know, either you're first 
uh, you're smarter or you cheat. And he was first. And he just kicked off uh, a massive bank run. Who is and CZ? liquidity crunch. Who is CZ and how, how did he do it? Oh, CZ's from... Uh, CZ is the uh, CEO of Binance, the world's biggest exchange. Um, and he had like five to six hundred million dollars worth of FT, which was, I think, at the time, like this week was like twenty five or twenty. And then he said, "I'm going to sell it off." Yeah, it was a total power and, move. <laughs> and then boss move. And he kicked off, like like the same thing with Luna, like they had to defend their token. You know that you know I'm a swear shit coin. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Go ahead. And it just, I'm sorry. I mean, but you know they're all token. But you know, like he had to sell Solana because Sam Bankman Fried was was like a big big into Solana. So he started going Solana and this, all the other stuff and then all the, you know, a bank run. So then people want to pull their money out, out of FTX America and FTX or FTX US and then FTX worldwide. So he created a bank run and they didn't have the funds. And then they went around, you know, like, what was it Tuesday? Oh, you know, CZ might buy us. And then CZ's like, I'm not touching this thing. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just been one bad news. Just been bad news after the other. Yeah, that was FTX such a FTX uh, and Sam Bankman Fried. That was such a tease move too, because you know he wasn't going to buy. It, well, was it was just... a non-binding letter of intent to purchase <laughs> the company. It's like non-binding. So I'm like, what's what's he playing at? I got to imagine that he must have had some kind of crazy short position on FTT. He must have known that he was going to destroy the value of this token, and that he must have had a position that would have earned him more than the hundreds of millions of dollars that he had on the line. What do you think, Panda? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I could see it. So now, Panda, when you see He knew it, that there was going to be a mass, you know, like he knew. Now you can finish. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, no. I mean, you, you were, you were on the, the, you were on the right, you know, train of thought I had. Well, to me, what's interesting is that, I mean, you know, there's been uh, plenty of, of these kind of situations, but FTX was so much more involved with a lot of like non-Bitcoin things in the state, you know, all these different deals, whether it's with Miami or it's with uh, football players, basketball players, this and that, that even people who aren't into Bitcoin at all and hate it are talking to me about it. Like, oh, did you hear about that thing? I'm like, why are you bringing it up? It's just, it's hilarious that it's becoming more and more popular, these, these giant, these big shorts. <laughs> Well, it was on the news this week, local news, Florida news. Of course. It was on all the, you know, especially Miami news. Yeah, because now they're going to have to rename the stadium. um, And, you know, they're out how much on this, like, hundred, you know, hundred plus million dollar deal to name the uh, Heat Stadium. And now it's, you know, they're not going to make their next payment in January. Yeah, it was like, uh, 192 million for 20 years. Them canceling their city, saying like Miami, saying they owe them like 15 for the next three years for the cancellation, which they're never going to see. Of course. 
Now we have to play they, the they game. Become creditors. They, they'll, well, creditors in the bankruptcy. You know. Yeah, and so about it. Panda, I want to ask you then, because you think that we're in crypto spring, and it's hard for me to really like understand that though. Why would you say that when like F, you know you don't think there's going to be more fallout with the bankruptcy of FTX? You don't think other, um, you know, other exchanges are going to go under because of you know their positions in XTX and FTX? Well, FTX was a that was their FTX's token. So, like, was really used for their exchanges, but you could trade it other places too. Um, but they borrowed on that token. Like, here, let me give you a million FTT tokens, and you give me a you know a million dollars. You know, you know. So they used it as the way to generate money, and now the token's worthless. It's, I forget how much it's worth now. But um, <laughs> on a Bitcoin side, I'm talking straight up Bitcoin. You want to talk Bitcoin? I still think we're in crypto spring. I'm willing to put my fucking, I'm willing to put my name Panda on the line today <laughs> on this broadcast and say that this was, this was all gambling debts being liquidated. All the DGENs, all this, like the rap Bitcoin was fake. There was no rap Bitcoin. That was Alameda, you know, it was their <laughs> product. It was, bull, it was BS. So, you know, Solana got hit 40%, 50%, I think, at the peak. A lot of other coins got hit like that type of levels because the bankruptcy, 134 companies, those are some of the, you know, the altcoins projects that they had going. So those are dead. Um, but, even like Monday Temple, it really didn't get over like fifteen thousand, twelve thousand, ten thousand waiting to be written in the in the block. Even right now, it's probably just a couple thousand. Like, like after three o'clock on Friday, the mempool just emptied out. That's all weekends. Though. So it's like always coins like weren't that moving, the coins left. Yeah, but I mean, Those... if there was like a true Bitcoin panic. Everybody be trying to get their coins to the exchange to get rid of them into dollars or whatever. So now, how I wonder how this you know what I mean? Like, if you, I wonder how this is going to affect uh, Miami being this crypto capital of the state of, of of the country, or that they were trying to be. Now with this huge, you know, upset, are they going to continue trying to push crypto here, or <laughs> what happened to that Miami shitcoin? <laughs> Miami coin. Miami. I like Miami shit coin better. Yeah. Miami shit. I think too, or they some of, they had some involvement or Miami. I think Miami had stuff on FTX US. Well, I don't know, but, but Panda, I don't know. I mean, Pan, I want to ask you though, like, how do you think then? Because okay, I get what you're saying about how Bitcoin is cool, right? Like Bitcoin doesn't care. Bitcoin keeps going. What about the fact that now Twitter? And Facebook are doing massive layoffs. And you got to imagine that this is going to be the tip of the iceberg for tech layoffs coming into the holiday season. There's going to be a lot of upper middle class, you know, techies who are getting laid off right now who are going to have to go move it back in with their parents for Christmas. And liquidate their... <laughs> and liquidate their crypto <laughs> their positions. Crypto. Well, 
Well, I mean, like 75, 80% of all coins are not moving. Like they're, they're with long-term holders. There's more hold coiners today. And, you know, usually like people were going to go like on panic mode. I mean, this week would have been best. You know, the mempool would have been, you know, 20, 40, 50 Satoshis per byte, you know, trying to get it to exchange, get dollars, you know, panic selling. Um, will there be some people probably have to sell to, to survive? Yeah. You know, but like, let's say you like your Twitter, like uh, yeah, Twitter, you got three months severance. So like if you got laid off, what, last Friday? You're good till January. I mean, it won't be until like. <laughs> February, <laughs> yeah, Jan- and you get your, and then um, uh, Meta Facebook, sixteen weeks starting, sixteen weeks of severance, plus two weeks per year after that. Well, so if you've been there for five years, you got ah, you got twenty four weeks of severance, and your medicals covered for six months. I gotta wonder how this saves them money. Tell me what it really. <laughs> Got to be some backdoor oh, deal going on there. Not getting sued. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Not having to do you know, all that money in lawyers. Now, Fanda, there's one other, um, you know, one other anecdote I want to bring up to you, and it's the fact that today, two separate people talked to me about taking their crypto off of exchanges. I had one person who told me that they got their crypto off of FTX very recently, mm. and they were really happy. Um, because you know because then it went bankrupt uh let me see if i can find that. and then the other person they had um some token called nexos i don't know what that is but they were staking it and then they told me that you know they took it off they they, they stopped the stake and they you know they took custody of their nexos because they didn't know what was going to happen you know like there's a lot of fear in the space and so i think you know i mean obviously it's just anecdotal it's only two people but I think that there is a bank run going on with crypto right now. And it's not necessarily that people are liquidating their crypto. It's that people are taking it off of exchanges, which I have to imagine is going to have an adverse effect on the business model. Because all of these exchanges need people to keep their crypto on there staked and lent and you know and collateralized and all this stuff to make keep their businesses going. Like what, what would happen if we were actually well, having... Well, they need people trading too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if people are unwilling to, I mean, they can't trade if they don't have any crypto on the exchanges. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, maybe now more people will get into wanting to spend their crypto locally, you know, local businesses, things that they need to be willing to, you know, spend their Bitcoin on that. Maybe we'll see more lightning type setups, you know, start growing more mother of invention necessity. Like, okay, I got this Bitcoin. You know, I can, you know, if I can use it as, you know, to pay for stuff, uh, like, you know, you can use the moon wallet to, to what, with NCR, uh, terminals, you can use a QR code, you can pay with a lightning network that way. So maybe we'll see more stuff like that. Um, let me read you this message. You know, maybe that, people uh, are just going to hold it. Cause so my friend, um, she messaged me this morning. She goes, finally did something I've meant to do for months. And moved all of my crypto, 90% BC, BTC, a little bit of ETH, to cold storage. Done with exchanges. 
I managed to get the tiny bit I had on FTX off before they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And then she said something. Oh, we were talking about the stadium. She goes, yeah, the jokes about Bang Bros Stadium are funny, but this is but this single meltdown is going to hurt a lot of people. And yeah, I believe so. Yeah, there have been so many funny memes. What's your favorite meme so far, Panda, for the the, the FTX arena for the renaming? You know, who, who do you think should get it just based on what's the funniest? Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> we are uh, the Halloween spe- uh, the Halloween story. <laughs> Halloween like Spirit one. Stadium. That was funny. Okay. That's only seasonal yeah, though. So yeah, okay. My favorite has been Don Bailey Stadium. I don't know, Panda. <laughs> you might not be familiar with Don Bailey Stadium, but that is—I mean, Don Bailey is a carpet company, and they have this ad. If you're going south on I-95 and you pass their like warehouse store, they have a, a naked guy, okay. like laying down on a carpet, and he's just laying down in such a way that you can't see his dick. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's classic from the '70s. Yeah, this that's is a classic, classic Miami. Miami. <laughs> to, to point where his yeah, son I've seen that one I've seen that one <laughs> to the point where his son took over and he took the same I've exact photo so that's definitely my favorite we got to find that one and stick that one in the chapter notes because Don you know Don oh, Bailey Stadium I'm, I'm super down with that <laughs> <laughs> I will pay for that I will buy shitcoin just to stake it <laughs> no I mean like okay so maybe maybe you know Panda's been around for a while and I'm pretty seasoned and you know you know, the biggest exchange that broke in 2014 was Mt. Gox. And that was like majority of the crypto market. Like that was like 90% of all the trading. And, you know, people are talking up like FTX, like it was that kind of event. And we survived. I mean, 2014 sucked. But once that, you know, then it picked up, you know, it was like, it was it December of 2014? We're like 165, 175, you know. But by 20 end of 2015, you know, we were like a couple hundred bucks, like two, three hundred. You know, in 2016, we we're up to like, you know, five, six hundred bucks, seven hundred bucks. You know, it was January 1st of 2017, we we're a thousand. So, I mean, it, it's a, it's a period of time, but. Well, let me ask you, Panda, you know, what do you think, maybe what is the price reflecting? Like, what does it mean? Because to me, I feel like, especially the fact that the price went up so quickly, like it went up to $60,000. And to me, that was more of like euphoria and speculation. And I don't, at least given how long I've, I've been following this space. It didn't seem reasonable to me that the price of Bitcoin should go up like that, but it did. What do you think price means? Like, what does the price mean today? What did it mean when it was 60,000? Like, you know, when it goes up in these spurts, what is that saying to you? When it goes up in spurts is there's more eyeballs, more people are into it. Like you get people that are going to come in to chase the game you know, it, it becomes more expensive, so more people want to own it. Um, I really didn't think like sixty nine was like crazy. Like it didn't get crazy for me. Like like twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen. Like it was still kind of eh. But there's some some I read something about FTX with the rap Bitcoin. He had some 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 play into that too, and in bringing it down with rap Bitcoin. 
I haven't. I saw somebody blurb about it, but I haven't. I haven't finished reading it or finding out more details about it. But you know, if we sit here, maybe we'll go back up over twenty, twenty-one. You know, next next year it'll be twenties. You know, and that's that's you know, <laughs> and then the having comes. I don't think we're going to start seeing some real you know, movement until the, the, until the government puts forth more like what they're going to do regulatory wise. That's what I think. People are are are, are going to sit with uh, with their hands on their ass and just wait. No, I think they're going to sit for like a short period of time, and then they're going to get too antsy because I don't think the government is going to act quickly enough. I maybe maybe this is enough to cause the government to actually get something done, but I kind of look at it as though. Even if the government tried to regulate the space, by the time they got even close to having a bill ready, it would be outdated. The, the market would have changed so much. The, the language, you know, just everything would have changed to just make it just outside of the reach of that new law that they're creating. That's kind of what I would expect it to be. What do you think, Panda? Yeah, this, this, this market, this, you know, we adapt. We adapt to the situation. Like there's a need for this, you know, there's a need for Bitcoin in this world, I believe. Um, but is there a need for all know, the other crap? There's still monetary issues. No, <laughs> but it's always going to be there. It's it, it, Somebody's always going to want it. Like, I wonder sometimes like what, when, you know, like you got to think like gold was, gold's been money for 6,000 years or 3,000 years or 5,000 years, right? We've all heard that story, you know, three to 6,000 years. Like, what did the people who first said gold is money or, you know, usable for trade at that time? Like, did they get the same crap as the Bitcoiners do today? <laughs> That's really interesting. Like, no, like, you know, Grok don't need shiny rock. Grok can't hunt with shiny rock too soft. You know, Grog can't eat rock. I prefer. You know, I prefer a barrel of beer. <laughs> well, yeah, beer was created at that time too. As you know, one of the first things was, but money—the concept of money—was created at that, you know, three thousand years, six thousand years ago. But like, how did gold? Like, did gold go through like the same things as Bitcoin is going through today? You know. Like yeah. I don't, I don't believe human beings are different. No, you got to imagine that there like, is we're a not resistance. That much. Yeah. You oh yeah, you're totally right on that one, man. You know, especially if you don't have the gold or the Bitcoin. Yeah, if you don't have it, and you got these people who are telling you, "Oh, but it's great, and it makes trade easier." And you're standing there. I don't have any, so I don't get it. <laughs> and it's like you, you don't. You're not going to get it, I guess, till you get some in your hand and then you put it to use. Which is again, this is why when I talk about price, I tend to do so kind of critically because to me, most of the focus on the price discussion is about speculation, and it's not about like look how useful Bitcoin is. Because I agree with you when you say that Bitcoin is necessary and that all the shit coins are not necessary. To me, it's it's not necessary because it's going to be worth a lot of money one day, but it's necessary because of the things that you can do with it that you can't do with dollars. 
Yes, it has an advantage of like being an internet currency. You know, Bitcoin is the money protocol of, you know, of the internet, of a worldwide community. Or could be. Like TCP IP, IMAP, POP, you know, those are all protocols, DNS. Bitcoin could become the money protocol for this whole worldwide community connected over the internet. So do you see a U.S. backed, um, sorry, a Bitcoin backed U.S. dollar in the future? That's a tricky one. Because that gets into politics and stuff like that. And why would anybody want to give up that power? Well, they might not now, want could to. We they see might like, be losing like with it. Tarot... It might be a saving yeah, grace but, move, you know? You know, most governments, you know, it's they'll fight it till the end. Maybe. I mean, you know, they're talking about doing stable coins with the Lightning Network now. Using, you know... The Lightning Network to do dollar stablecoin transactions and settlement. You know, because people know dollars. We know dollars. We were, you know, we all grew up with dollars. Yeah, it's the kind of the strange you know, situation that we're or, stuck you know, in. We we have this circumstance where everyone is so used to the dollars that even though we know they work like all the other currencies, and if you're living in a country where you're a victim of both your currency and then also the dollar. But despite this, the fact is, is that it's still more practical, you know, in these poor countries to have a dollar and to be able to use it versus, Oh, well, if I have Bitcoin, what am I going to do? I'm going to trade it for dollars so that I can buy something. Yeah. My parents' country benefited a lot from, from the U S dollar because there was so much investment in Guatemala and yeah, all those U S dollars really helped. Unfortunately, not the other Central American countries. <laughs> it's just Guatemala, you know, Costa Rica. <laughs> the rest were just became shithole countries, as they call them, right? Yeah, and then and part of that was because the, when they had their own currencies, like not only again were they not only were they victims of the dollar, but they were also victims of their own spending and, and like printing habits. So when they got rid of their own currencies, at least they got rid of that power, like the power to be able to print as much of their own currency as they wanted. Now they had to at least have some kind of dollarization to back up, you know, their government insanity. And so, you know, it's it's like a double-edged sword. <laughs> Guatemala has its own currency, the Quetzal. Yeah, but it... it, it and, off- uh, but it, they're having a problem, like, it often fo- no um it often follows the dollar like it you know like it's very very much tied to it <laughs> in, in that sense but no they are having a, a, a lot of problems over there as well yeah like right now the quetzal is like eight to a dollar and used to be like between six and seven like recently now they're getting eight quetzalas to a dollar so I mean they those people have you know they lost what, 10, 12% of their value or um, probably like 12, 15% of the value of their currency if they held Kitsalis. So they like dollars down there for sure. They rather hold dollars. Yeah, for sure. At well, least, and the banks will give you higher interest rate. At least in the capital city, for sure. Yeah, but it's, it, it, I'm, I'm looking at like a five-year chart right now. It looks like it's been relatively stable since about 2018 in terms of the dollar to Kitsal valuation. It's like what, 77 cents a dollar? Uh, right now it's 
oh, I'm looking at it backwards. So um, it's 13, oh, well, it's 781 per the dollar. Okay, yeah. Or it's 13 cents per Quetzal. Yeah, and especially if yeah, you... Yeah, but before it was probably like in the... Like especially if you like fancy, oh, sorry, uh, especially if you like fancy American, you know, f- a food and and goods, it's really expensive. Um, and Gonzalez over there, so it is ten times, not ten times, but it's much more expensive. Trying to buy organic this, organic that. Yeah, but at least the meat is but fresh. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, probably less less chemicals. Oh yeah, straight from the farm. Yeah, but I mean, but you know, I still think this. You know, the the world's in a crazy place. But Bitcoin, all the stuff that's gone on this week was related to all coins and DGENs and just gambling debts getting paid. Yeah. And. But, you know, we we had a crash like 20, you know, with Mt. Gox 2014. Same kind of crap. Same big exchange. Oh, my God. A big exchange went down. You know, so what? The mail investment got liquidated. You know, Sam Bankman Freed was taken off the board. Fried. Sam Bankman Fried. Well, he hasn't fried, fried yet, I guess. We're going to yeah, see fried. what happens. Well, so let me ask you one last question. Before we end our little discussion here, what do you think should happen to this guy, Sam Bankman Fraud? I think he's got a bunch of cases coming up. He's catching, you know, like somebody says he's in Argentina right now, but he's going to have lawsuits from the VCs, all the investors, you know, the depositors. There's a class action lawsuit being talked about already. Um, And he's probably, you know, Taking funds like people's funds and and using it to cover your own debts, that's illegal. So he's probably going to face some kind of federal case. Now he's you know he's got a lot of buddies in Washington, so who knows if he just gets like a slap on the wrist? But he's going to be in court for a lot. He's always... I'm going to Go guess. I'm going to guess he's going to run. <laughs> he's going to run for Russia. Gonna get well, the what's fuck his name? Um, the guy from Luna. The guy from Luna. What's his name? Doquan. 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 He's still on the run. You know, like there's the 600 million missing from FTX now from their cold wallets. Doquan's still on the run. He's supposed to be so whatever, but he's nobody's busted him. Oh gosh. Okay, they I gotta bring this up. I gotta, I gotta bring this up before you leave. So Martin Screlly was on a podcast with Do Kwan this week. And Martin, oh, yeah. and Martin Screlly says to Do Kwan, he says, prison ain't that bad. <laughs> ah, that's hilarious. Prison, well, I mean, prison for guys, rich fuckers. Like, if these guys go, but they're, they're going to go to like a work camp or a media or a light security prison. Right. You know, they're not going to like medium or, 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 you know, at least uh, was it the Duramax or not Duramax, <laughs> Supermax, you know, yeah. He's not, he's not going to be with like, you know, and he's going to have good paperwork. He's not like, you know, a child molester or rapist, you know, those guys have a hard time in prison, but like, he's just going to, you know, 
probably uh, serve a couple of years in jail. I don't know. He looks soft to me, and man. He, Someone's going to eat he, him up. They're going to make him his girlfriend. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming on Saturday Night Lit Panda. Oh, you're welcome, man. I had a good time. Thank you. Peace. That's an old one right there. And then I, I, I can hear you saying, the guitar's too loud. The voice is not loud enough. Bring up the voice. Bring up the voice. <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah. Oh, the good old days, the way things used to be. Uh, so I got this email yesterday from Start9, an email that I'd both been waiting for but also dreading. Money, please. Yeah, <laughs> of course, right? So I, I'd given them the $49 deposit, and it means I'm going to get a discount on the Embassy Pro. But... Now they're ready to take like the full payment. They want to start, um, I guess, manufacturing and shipping or something like that in December, um, which is cool. But I don't want to put it on my credit card. I want to buy it with. Um, so on Fold Card, can't buy with with Bitcoin. Of course I could, but I don't want to spend my Bitcoin. But but so this is the thing. So on the Fold app, I can buy Start Nine gift cards for eight percent Bitcoin back. So this is like, you know, a $1,400 product. I can get like a hundred bucks of Bitcoin back or something. So I'm trying, but but the gift cards are sold out right now. <laughs> so I get this email. I immediately go, I immediately go to fold and I'm like, okay, let me buy, let me, oh, oh it's sold out. And so hopefully they'll have them in stock again soon. I got to buy like another two gift cards so I can finish paying for this thing. How much time are they giving you to pay? Well, they're, I mean, they're kind of, they said it's like a first come first serve thing. So like, you know, if you, if you pay, they're going to put you in line to get shipped. And so if you don't pay, then they don't put you in line to get shipped. That seems to be it. Um, $1,400. Yeah. Yeesh. (laughs) I can get a couple of nice Mike Pre's for that. Yeah. Well, so I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping I'm going to be doing some really interesting things with this, uh, embassy pro. Um, it has the, like, you know, the memory, I think it's 32 gigabytes of RAM. So it's going to be able to like do some, some serious stuff. I'm hoping to be able to host something from it. You know, like, I don't know what, um, I don't know what, but something. Well, you could start the Saturday night lit everything. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Right. (laughs) Like I could do, I could do, I could host a website that we don't have yet. I could host it. Um, well, I'm, I'm thinking like a, 
uh, I guess like a matrix chat room. A matrix like, chat. Maybe I could. I wonder if I could launch Mastodon from the start nine. Yeah, for sure. So whatever, all that kind of stuff. You know, that's the idea. Is I want to like have you know, as we've talked about in the in weeks prior, that I want to embark on this kind of self sovereignty journey, and having this kind of little uh, home server solution thing is uh, exciting to me. Very cool. So yeah, um, and why should I get my own when I can just use yours? Exactly. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, but if you want to help me get mine, you should definitely boost us. So don't forget that this is a value for value podcasting 2.0 podcast. And that means that on any modern podcast app that has the value uh, tag implemented, you can send us sats. So you should do that. Why yes. Not? We actually had earlier, we had someone listening through, th- through Podverse. Not anymore, though. They were in Chicago. But, um, this is this um this this like mysterious Chicago person. I mean, maybe that was Panda before like the interview started. No, no, because you said they boosted, <laughs> right? Um, interesting enough. Like, so my buddy Lois, she's been listening to us on Fountain after it gets uploaded. Oh no, they're back. Podverse, uh, Fremont, Ohio. And then my friend, um, my friend Matt, he was listening to us just a little while ago off the website. Um, I sent him like the link to the live stream, and he was listening to it with his mom. He said, "Ah, how sweet!" <laughs> now I'm really looking forward to. Now this is just a rumor at this point. This is not like an announced, you know, planned feature. But I think Fountain should be implementing Lit at some point. I think that'll be pretty big because I think Fountain is like the most popular of the like the podcasting 2.0 value for value streaming type of apps. Yeah, it really is the easiest for onboarding, and you know they pay you small amount of sats, but you know it's something. Um, the um, the voice actor and podcaster, what's his name, uh, Kyle Abert, who does the Intergalactic Boombox. Uh huh. Like he has a following. Like he he does like a, like a bunch of voice acting for anime, including Gohan's voice in Dragon Ball Z, and so he t- really tries to push um, podcasting to two point so if, if very short shows, uh, like seven minute shows, so you should totally check them out. But um, yeah, so you, he has all these kids boosting, boosting. They're all boosting like fifty sats, a hundred sats. Uh-huh. So he tries to promote it by, okay, so I have these cool stickers, and I'll send you a sticker, but you have to boost at least twenty five thousand sats. <laughs> yeah. So in the near future, I want to like, I want to get my podcasting two point shirt or podcast index shirt. Yes. I almost have enough. I I might have enough because I sent them like fifty four bucks. One time for Adam's birthday, or no, fifty-seven. How old is he? However old he is, fifties. Yeah, I sent I sent them that many dollars, and then I also sent like a hundred thousand Bitcoin, which is twenty bucks. And I think you have to send a hundred dollars, so I'm like thirty bucks short of getting a shirt. I want a shirt. So boost us. Due to a technical glitch, well beyond the capacity of any person to control at this point, we lost the remainder of this episode to time and poor memory. We hope you can forgive this failure and look forward to speaking with you again next time.